part by Greg Van Eekhout. We knew there'd be trouble when the new balloon man showed up. Orange John had been working Carnival Park for as long as there'd been a Carnival Park, tying his balloon animals with rope strong hands. He always had that faraway look in his eyes, as if expecting something to appear on the horizon. And now here it was, a new balloon man. You have guys like Orange John where you come from? You know what I mean. Guys who do one thing in one place, like the knife guy, or Mr. Rags and Mr. Rags Jr., or the bubble man. They do their one thing, and you can't imagine them having a life outside that thing, like a home, or a family, or a bank account. These guys make a place what it is, as surely as pigeon-crapped statues and old buildings with columns and stone lions out front. So there was Orange John, near the war fountain, in his oversized orange suit and bozo hair, nodding himself up a real nice stegosaurus, when up came the young balloon man. He was a skinny boy in a black t-shirt, rainbow vest, and jeans painted like all the sample chips in a paint store. His limp balloons hung from his waistband like little tongues, and he stopped a dozen or so yards away from Orange John. Jack many colors, he said, tipping an imaginary hat. Orange John, said Orange John with a squint and a nod. And so it began. Many colors was the challenger, so he went first. He took out a brown balloon, put it to his lips, and blew. It extended like a time-lapse video of a growing vine, curving in on itself before he pinched the spout grabbed the far end and made a series of deft twists and knots. The end result? An odd sort of elephant with a weird humped head and squat fat legs. Not bad, but not a very good likeness. But then he took a white balloon from his waistband, and before we knew it, the elephant had huge curving tusks. A mammoth then, and a good one at that. A crowd had started gathering, and they ooed appreciatively around mouthfuls of hot dogs and soft pretzels. He handed the mammoth to a young boy who ran off, making trumpeting mammoth sounds. It was Orange John's turn. He gazed up at the sky as if searching the clouds for inspiration. Then, after a few moments, he reached into his breast pocket and took out a red balloon and a yellow balloon. He put both to his mouth and blew into them eyes distant like a smoker deep in thought. When the balloons were inflated to his satisfaction, he grabbed them roughly and rustled them into a red hawk with yellow eyes and talons. He held it aloft and gave it a toss. The wind caught it and it sailed over the fountain, over the trees, out of sight. Many colors clapped his hands in silent applause, then went to work. One by one, he inflated about a dozen orange and black balloons, storing them under his armpit until he'd accumulated an unwieldy bundle. There was a flurry of rubber squeaking against rubber, and then, before him in the grass, crushed a life-sized tiger. He grabbed it by the scruff of the neck and tugged, and it walked on articulated legs. The jaws fell open to reveal long fangs and a rolling tongue. It was a fine balloon. Orange John placed his palms flat against each other as if in prayer and bowed deeply to many colors. From his pocket he drew a number of black balloons, and when he was finished blowing them up he panted, out of breath his face red. With shaky hands he made a spider and set it against many colors' tiger. The spider grasped the tiger in its legs and squeezed until every last balloon of the tiger had popped. Then it slowly scuttled back to its maker, exhausted, 
and deflated itself empty. Many Color's eyes went wide, and his mouth formed an O. But his astonishment was not genuine. He was mocking Orange John. Reaching to his waist, he pulled out every green balloon he had, and when he seemed to be looking for more, Orange John took out a handful of his own and held them out in offering. But Many Colors just sneered at him and pulled more green balloons out of the air until his sleight of hand had given him an adequate supply for his next sculpture. This one took a while. Sweat glistened on his brow and his lips moved as if he were reading aloud. His dragon reared up on its bulbous haunches, black claws gleaming, its red eyes seemed lit from within, and from its great maw came long, sinuous twists of red and yellow flame. Orange John didn't waste time congratulating his opponent, for the dragon lurched towards him. With desperate speed, he tied and twisted and knotted. The dragon was almost on him, and Orange John's lattice of balloon work had yet to take form. We could hear him release small grunts of pain and frustration as he worked. For the first time ever, we noticed the way his fingers curled, the knots in his knuckles. Orange John had arthritis. The dragon stretched its jaws wide, revealing more rubber flame. And Orange John jumped back from his own animal, a large feline body with the head of a bird of prey and graceful back-swept wings. A griffin. Well chosen, we agreed among ourselves. The two animals leapt at one another, and for the next several minutes an epic battle raged above Carnival Park. Flashes of color, rubber squeaks drawn out into screams, tiny pops of injury. When the dragon of many colors floated back down to earth, half its jaw was missing. One of its bat wings hung limp, barely attached. But at least it was still recognizable. Not so for Orange John's griffin. Shredded bits of rubber rained on us. Orange John set his mouth in a grim line of dignity. But he could not hide his tears. Perhaps, long ago, he had humiliated an older, more fatigued balloon man in this very spot. Perhaps it was simply the way of things. Many colors offered his dragon to a little girl. But the little girl wouldn't take it. And we glanced at each other, and we knew what was right. A giraffe, Orange John, someone said. And after that, a big dinosaur with spikes, said someone else. Many colors looked at us, not understanding. But I, I defeated Orange John. I'm your balloon man now. And we told him he'd never be our balloon man. Carnival Park belonged to Orange John. Orange John was this place. This place was Orange John. Many colors made a lot of noise. He never really wanted to be our balloon man anyway, he said. And Orange John's balloons smelled like cigarettes. Which was true. And we wouldn't know a good balloon man if he blew a poodle up our asses. But it was no use. With more grumbling and curses he left, going wherever balloon men with no parks go. Orange John didn't thank us. He didn't need to. He just began working on a beautiful long-necked giraffe with spindly long legs and delicate eyelashes which was exactly what we needed of him. To stand there, to tie balloons, to always be there. Those of us who live and work around Carnival Bark had never asked for a champion. All we'd ever wanted was a good balloon man. 
This has been a PodCastle miniature. Carnival Park was written by Greg Van Eekout, who has published a couple to a few dozen stories in places like Asimov's, Fantasy and Science Fiction, Strange Horizons, Several Years Best Collections, and all three escape artist fiction podcasts. He lives near the beach in San Diego. His first novel, Norse Code, a contemporary fantasy about Ragnarok, wayward gods, magic swords that make their bearers puke, unpleasant relatives and epic fights with giant monsters is now in bookstores from Bantam Spectra. He has a new novel coming out soon called Kid vs. Squid. Really, with a title like that, what else do you need to know? His website is www.writingandsnacks.com. The story was narrated to you by David Michael. Mr. Michael is a 31-year-old and has been working as a voice actor for just over 12 years, although he got his start at the age of 7. He currently splits his time between making himself available for late-night emergency purchases as a convenience store attendant, casting for a local haunted attraction called Harrodsburg Haunted House, and ghost hunting in Indiana with a non-profit Paranormal Scientific Investigations, which you can find online at vpsionline.com.